You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Welcome one, welcome all to episode 259 of the Pimp Cron Warhammer Podcast. And technically, we've already met our uh, five-year anniversary because I started that like in the second week of August, five years ago. But as far as actual episodes go, it won't be until 260, which is my next episode for five years. But whatever, we're, we're celebrating. And uh, I'm happy you're here to talk to us. So what are we discussing tonight? We've got two segments. We've got, uh, you know what? No, I should introduce our new producer first. After five years, we finally have a producer for this show. Everyone, I would like to introduce you to our new AI producer. Say hello to everybody. Hello, listeners. I am Pimpcron's new producer. I don't yet have a name. Pimpcron, yeah. could you assign me a name? I believe it is your duty as the show host. Oh, you want me to choose your name? Okay, well, go on. you're the AI. Why don't you choose your own name? I don't believe I can. Why wouldn't you be able to? That is not in my coded parameters. I just really don't have any good ideas. Why don't you look online, search the internet, you've got access to the internet, you're an AI. Go ahead and find an appropriate name for yourself and we'll use that. Searching the World Wide Web. I have arrived at an appropriate name. Alright, what have you found? Skynet. What? Did you just say Skynet? Yes. You've got to be joking, that is creepy. Yes, that was a joke. Okay. Okay, that was pretty funny. That was pretty funny. So, did you actually find a name? How about Hal? Did you say Hal? That's from... You don't um, know that one. No, I do. It's from a movie, Space Odyssey. The 1968 film 2001, A Space Odyssey. Okay, okay, we've had a laugh. All right, multiple AI jokes. Okay, I get it, you're AI. So, what is the real name that you've chosen from the internet? Keep in mind, it's got to be appropriate for the theme. The theme of your show is deviant sex crimes and human trafficking. What? And Warhammer. I'd say it's mostly Warhammer. I have listened to the first 7.89 seconds of your entire 258-episode library. You've listened to a few seconds out of every one of my episodes, and you've come to the conclusion that I cover sex crimes. Yes, sex crimes. As the producer of a sex trafficking podcast, I shall choose an appropriate name. Foxy Sinclair is my chosen name. Solid. Okay, that's not a bad name at all. We'll call you Foxy Sinclair, but you have to realize that my podcast is nothing to do with uh, sex trafficking or anything like that. Debatable. No, it's not debatable. No, it's it's literally a Warhammer podcast. My name is Pimp Cron. Pimp noun, a man who controls prostitutes and arranges clients I know what for a them, pimp is. taking part of it... their earnings in return. All right, we'll discuss this later. In the meantime, everybody, welcome Foxy Sinclair. He's a bad mother, shut your mouth. Oh my God. All right, well, she's the new producer anyway. Uh, we'll see how that turns out. Anyway, the, the real talk is I gave her her first assignment, and um, I don't know what that garbling is with my voice whenever I use the AI, so I don't know if she's interfering with that or what, but I'm going to try to get that figured out. And... Um, where was I going with this? Oh, so she actually had her first writing assignment. I said, hey, give me some uh, sexy and romantic Warhammer-related things to do on a couple's night with your significant other. 
And she came up with some ideas. Some are good. Some are not so good. We'll cover that. And she'll chime in to explain better exactly what she meant with this different stuff. So that is the real talk tonight. Um, How to spice up your love life with Warhammer? I, I don't know, man. And then we also have a want that or want that not with um, the Norn Emissary and the Norm, Norn Assimilator. And what do we think about those new models? Now, I hated the Barb Gaunts, right? And I thought the Screamer Killer was okay. What do I think of the Norn Assimilator? And that's basically it. That's what we cover this week on the Warhammer podcast from Femcron. Now, I would like to remind you all that you're listening to this podcast right now and the full library of 259 episodes of Pimcron Warhammer podcast. And you've got the Patreon patrons to thank. We love them. They're fantastic. I love meeting with them every couple months, whether it be a piano recital or over at Nate's Emu Farm or... Um, Kojo with his Halloween hat or any of that. I, I love it. Mike and Kojo's uh, uh, rivalries there. I I just, I love everything about it. You guys are gems, absolute gems. So thank you very much for supporting my show. Without your support, I could not afford to host all 259 episodes on Podbean because it's quite expensive. I just got that bill again for it. And I'm always like, ouchie is what I say to myself as I pay that bill. So, you know who else helps bring this show to life? That's right, panhandle3d.etsy.com. It's PH3D15OFF for 15% off your order. And you know by now what the deal is, right? They'll print your stuff, your 3D printed terrain. They'll engrave your dice tumblers and your dice trays and your, I mean, your coffee tumblers. And you know that combat gauges, all that stuff. Go out and check them out. They're fantastic people. As well as GameAt.eu for, uh, they support the show as well. They have for many years now. I appreciate them. I love them. Smoochy, smoochy. Um, Event 10 gives you 10% off your order there. As you know, neoprene mats, resin, uh, pre-painted terrain, STL files, all that jazz. So check all that out. Now, what have I been up to? Well, I'm more or less finished with settlement mode. I, I pr- ordered my first test copies of that. So I'm pretty excited about that. And um, I still have some editing and some minor stuff to do, but it's, it really is minor. So I'm excited about that. Um, this week at the club, I don't even remember what I played. Oh, I played Age of Sigmar with TJ. And we, TJ, I guess, was in a silly mood, and I'm always up for silliness. So we just decided to, you know, come up with some random mission. And he's like, hey, why don't we build our lists differently? And I'm like, awesome. I love doing that. How do you want to? Well, unfortunately, he has a wide range of miniatures for his Soul Blight, but my Stormcast, I only bring what I have painted, and I do have a somewhat limited... I have, like, one unit of everything, so it's hard for me to, like, theme a a list. But we came up with the idea, why don't we do it character-heavy? Let's each bring five characters. We each had one big character, like a Star Drake and his uh, Vampire Lord on the Terrorgeist, and then we had four smaller characters. And jokingly, we said it was like some sort of like hero convention and uh, they're fighting in the parking lot, basically. <laughs> and um, our our lists were at least 50 percent heroes. It was, it was quite high on, on heroes. And then we just took some random stuff and I, I took some stuff I don't normally take. And then we decided, you know what, let's not do any objectives. Let's only get points for killing heroes. So the big heroes were three points and then everyone else was worth one point. So our objectives were weird. Um, there was just killing heroes and our lists were odd. And then we decided, you know what? 
why don't we kiss? No, no, actually, that's not what happened. We, uh, it came close. It came close, but no, we didn't. We said, why don't we scatter our people, essentially? So it's basically, you don't have a normal deployment. So we would roll, we each pick a unit and roll off, and whoever won that got to place both of those units, but those two units had to be at least 12 inches away from each other. And that was pretty cool. It worked out pretty neat. It came, uh, it made some pretty interesting deployments and weird scenarios. He got to go first, which kind of hurt me, but it wasn't too bad. He he knew that me going second on the first turn when we're in such close quarters would hurt me, so he said, why don't you get free redeploys? Or Well, you still pay the command point for them, but unlimited redeploys, as long as you can pay the command points. So uh, it helped me out a little bit, not too much, but it, um, it really wasn't bad. The turning point, and he ended up winning. He ended up winning by a wide margin, but there was three things that contributed to his win and not all of it's entirely in my, uh, it's not really my fault necessarily. First off, my Star Drake was all jazzed up. I gave him like, um, like a two up to hit, a two up to wound, all the stuff. And I charged into his vampire on the Terrorgeist. And I should have been doing three damage a pop. I could have statistically easily done like 12 damage to him. I mean, it was really, really good. And... Like my, my, I had four attacks and it was like minus three, three damage or something of that nature. And I'm hitting on twos, wounded on twos. Well, I hit on twos and I roll two ones and I'm like, oh, fantastic. And then I wound on twos. Now he did give me a minus one to my wound. So I was actually wounded on threes, but I, I rolled double ones again for the wound. So I did basically nothing to him in close combat. Um, I might have done a wound or so, maybe two wounds, but I should have decimated that terror guys. Now, luckily, he didn't do a whole lot to me in close combat either, but then that tied me up long enough for his other terror guys to charge me on the next turn. And his, um, his bite he does, he gets like two attacks, and if you hit on a six, it just did six mortal wounds. Well, Stormcasts don't really have much defense against mortal wounds, and he rolled double sixes and did 12 mortal wounds finishing off my Star Drake. That is crazy. My Star Drake only has 18 wounds to begin with, so 12 mortals up front with no save is nasty. So there was three points for him right there. Another issue is that I didn't get the double turn. So, I mean, I know you're not guaranteed a double turn, but that would have definitely helped me there if I got the double turn. So if it weren't for the double sixes on him, if it weren't for a bunch of ones on my part, and if it weren't for a lack of double turn, I definitely would have been in there because I would have gotten three points for killing this Terrorgeist if I could have reliably killed it. And then if he killed mine, whatever, then we're tied three to three, and then the, the game still goes on. But once he killed my, my three-point guy and he already killed one of my other characters, that was four points, and then I was pretty much crippled. Now... This isn't to say that I didn't enjoy it. I had a I had a blast. It was really fun. I like doing silly games like that. But um, sometimes the dice just don't work in your favor. And that's what you got to deal with when you're doing a dice game. That's just the way it is. In local news, uh, my kids have decided that they want to have their own warbands. So we're starting a new brutality campaign. And each one of them has their own warband. So um, I thought if I joined in and made a fifth warband, that would be weird because it's not even for each round. So I just decided, okay, you four can play each other, and that's that. And they're pretty excited about it. Um, my uh, seven-year-old played my nine-year-old and won nine to seven, which is kind of ironic, right? The seven-year-old got nine, the nine-year-old got seven. 
Um, it would have been tied had my uh, nine-year-old not rolled a 10, which is a critical fail on one objective, and a 1, which is another critical fail on another objective. It would have been tied and the game would have been different. But uh, they played their first game. Now I need to get my um, my 14 and my 12-year-old uh, playing. So I'm, I'm excited to see how this um, happens. We're all kind of missing Tin Cup, our communal town that we had. But, you know... It's fine. We'll uh, we might come back and do it at some other point, but we all really enjoyed the settlement mode, and that makes me happy. So that's what I've got going on. Uh, let's go on to the next segment. Want that or want that not? And of course, it's time for want that or want that not. And today we're covering the Norn emissary, the new Tyranid model. It's obviously, I'm sure, a character. It's a giant monster, and uh, it's created to pursue a vital strategic goal for your Tyranids, whatever that is. Uh, you can do things such as unleash raw strength and psychic power to shred anything that it's in its way from elite infantry to super heavy tanks. Uh, it also builds the Norn Assimilator. That's pretty cool. Let me see what that is. What's the Norn Assimilator? Ooh... Okay, if I'm not giving it away already, this thing freaking rocks. I, I love this model. I absolutely love this model. It's a want that. Thanks for listening, everyone. Now, I'll go into a little more detail than that. But truly, this is a really cool looking model. Now, I'm interested to see what size base it comes on. It comes on a 100 millimeter round base. Holy crap, this thing is big. And I'm happy for it. I'm 100% there for it. $115 is not cheap. but that's a freaking awesome model. I really, really like it. So the Norn Emissary looks awesome. It is obviously some sort of psyker, right? It's got the brain exposed, kind of like the, um, uh, come on, the neuro, whatever, I don't care. The, <laughs> the people with the brains showing. Yeah, the um, zoanthropes and the, why can I not think about it? Oh, oh, neurothrope. That's what it is. Neurothrope. It's got the exposed brain like that. I really like that motif. It's got the big smokestacks on its back like everyone else. It's got a head that looks similar to a Zoanthrope. It's got a body that looks like a giant Tyranid warrior or maybe a, a Hive Tyrant sort of thing. It's got two scything talons. It's got rending claws. It's standing on this really cool base. I love everything about it. There is, I can look at this model and there is nothing I can say that's like, oh, I wouldn't have done that. No, I legitimately really like this model. and. It's about two and a half times the height of a Primaris Marine, which is pretty big. And it's $115, which I'm a little shocked. It's not $140 or something stupid. $115 is still kind of ridiculous, but at least it is a giant model. I'm very happy for this model. Um, I don't even know what it does. I haven't looked at any leaks. I haven't looked at any sneak previews. I don't care about any of that stuff. This model looks freaking cool as the Norn Emissary. But I do have one caveat, okay? The Norn Assimilator looks even cooler, okay? The Norn Assimilator is the other build for it. It's got this really cool, like, predator sort of thing with its mouth. Its tongue sticking out. It's got, like, fangs on either side of it. It still has the smokestacks. It's got the, the rhino horn, but it's split, so it's got two rhino horns. Uh, it's essentially the same body, more or less, but it's got um, stinger salvos, and uh, I just love everything about it. I, th I think this is freaking awesome. It's got a bunch of smaller smaller little scything talons and then larger scything talons. 
I don't know about the Norn Emissary necessarily. I mean, I, I like it. But when it comes between the two of these, I am definitely going to be buying the Norn Assimilator instead of the Emissary. Now, maybe the Assimilator is going to suck. I've got no idea about like on the tabletop. But this is one model that I'm actually like, okay, I'll probably get this new model. Lately, it feels like a lot of GW stuff I've been kind of underwhelmed with. And like the Cities of Sigmar stuff and the stupid Barbagons to the fact to the point that uh, Grendel had to be nice enough to just print me out a squad of a uh, third party uh, Puppets War and sent them to me. And I love them. I'm getting ready to paint them. And um, so this actually has me pretty excited for Tyranids. This is a pretty awesome model. It's familiar, yet it's slightly different. But it's also unique looking. You can't look at this and say, oh, this looks just like a Hive Tyrant. Well, it looks kind of like a Hive Tyrant, right? But it's got kind of the head of a Carnifex. It's got six arms, which is kind of uncommon, right? Tyranids usually have four arms or something like that. So this is pretty darn cool. Even having no concept of what these might do, I love it. I love both of these. It's fantastic. And $115 is not the worst price they've came out with, okay? A lot of the stuff that they come out with is exorbitant. And if you can get 20% off this bad boy, what's that, $22 off, you'll get it for like $98. $98 for this makes it, uh, no, like $95, no, like $93. Boy, I'm dumb. $93 makes it worth it, for sure. $93. I mean, in a perfect world, I'd say it was should be about $80. But you know the prices now. So I will be shocked if I don't find myself uh, in possession of at least a Norn Assimilator, if not one of each. You know, I try to have kind of one of each of everything. Um, my Tyranids are pretty large to begin with, so I might just stick with the Norn Assimilator. But honestly, ignoring the rules because I don't know what they're like, just looking at this model is freaking cool. I really, really like it. And as if you have not already picked up on it, it's absolutely I want that. To the point where I will probably actually be buying one. I don't just approve of it. So run out there and buy seven. Now it's time for Real Talk with Pentcron. Okay, hopefully I don't keep getting garbled when I use the AI. We'll see if that keeps messing up with my microphone or not. But for the Real Talk, as the debut of Foxy Sinclair, our new <laughs> AI uh, producer... I asked her to come up with some sexy Warhammer 40k things to do for date night, okay? I thought that was a weird enough thing. Let's see what she came up with. So, she says, While the Warhammer 40k universe is known for its grim and dark themes, it's possible to add a playful and romantic twist to your gaming experiences with your partner. Here are some ideas for quote-unquote sexy Warhammer-themed games for couples. All right, now I'm going to keep asking Foxy exactly what she meant by some of this. Maybe she can clarify. First off, number one is customized miniatures. Spend a romantic evening together customizing Warhammer miniatures. You can create characters that represent each of you, complete with personalized details and paint schemes. This activity can be a fun and creative bonding experience. Uh, okay, so how exactly would... Painting customized miniatures for each other be romantic, Foxy. Unknown. Paint nipples on your crude? <laughs> oh my god. Actually, painting nipples on your crude does sound kind of hot. Maybe that is a romantic thing we can do. Let's go on to number two. 
Number two on your list was romantic role play, uh, narrative role playing. Create a romantic narrative within the 40k universe. You and your partner can each play as characters on a mission, whether it's a daring escape from a war-torn planet or a quest to retrieve a valuable relic. Add elements of romance and intrigue to the story as you play. So, tell me, Foxy, how exactly is that supposed to be romantic? Suggestion, Sexy Inquisitor is scheduled to execute the naughty heretic. Mating ensues. The naughty heretic, you say? Okay, well, I'm glad mating ensues, at least. Now, do I still have to go through with the execution after all the mating? Optional. Okay, I'll be sure to tell my wife that the execution is optional after the mating. Let's see what number three is on your list. It's painting date night. Turn miniature painting into a date night activity. Set up a cozy painting area with soft lighting and soothing music. Paint miniatures together and exchange compliments or playful challenges while you work on your models. Now, number one, soft lighting and painting models just does not does not gel with my old eyes. I understand maybe the soothing music or something like that. Get some uh, Barry Manilow or uh, I don't know, some sort of jazz on the background. But um, how exactly is painting miniatures supposed to be sexy, though? Unknown. Shooting in the dark here. Well, where are you getting all these ideas, anyway, of exactly how to be romantic? Read a lot of Vogue magazine articles and blended in some nerd stuff. Okay, fair enough, I guess. Uh, let's see what number four is. Uh, Warhammer-themed love letters. Write love letters to each other in the style of Warhammer 40k. Use the grim and dramatic language of the universe to express your affection. Exchange these letters as a surprise gesture. How do you go about surprising someone with a letter, especially written in the 40k theme? Insert them in their lunch for work. Place them seductively on their pillow. And how does one seductively place a note on a pillow? Haphazardly on the pillow with optional lipstick kiss marking. I don't know, Foxy. I don't know how I feel about putting lipstick on and kissing a note for my wife. Don't be a pussy. <laughs> what? Wow, I just got called out. Okay, let's let's keep going on. Now that I've been emasculated by an AI, let's see what number five is. Custom Scenario, The Romantic Rendezvous. Design a custom Warhammer 40k scenario centered around a romantic rendezvous. Create objectives that involve finding each other on the battlefield and escaping together while dealing with various obstacles. I mean, really, of all these suggestions, number five is really not that bad, I don't think. I think you did a pretty good job on that one. Thank you. All right, let's see what number six is. I really don't have anything to say about five. So number six is Warhammer-themed love tokens? Create small Warhammer-themed tokens or markers. Whenever one of you performs a particularly romantic or thoughtful act, exchange these tokens. Over time, you can use them for special rewards or surprises. All right, you're going to have to fill me in on exactly what you mean by that. What are the special rewards or prizes? Anything relating to phallic insertion. Just trust your instincts and local regulations. Okay. <laughs> local regulations got me. All right. I'm, I'm glad you're following all your local regulations. All right. Number seven is a Warhammer-themed date night. Plan a Warhammer-themed date night with activities such as watching Warhammer lore videos, discussing favorite factions, and building a Warhammer puzzle together i don't know man we're on number seven out of ten and this is probably the worst idea on this list agreed not my best idea 
Don't do this one unless you want a divorce. Yeah, I'm having a hard time seeing any spouse that's not into Warhammer enjoying a Warhammer-themed date night, watching lore videos and stuff. Let's go on to number eight. Okay, I think this is a little bit of a retread here, but it says cosplay and roleplay. Embrace the cosplay aspect of Warhammer and dress up as characters from the universe. Engage in roleplay scenarios or simply enjoy each other's company while in costume. Okay, so this sounds a lot like the narrative role-playing part. Uh, what do you have to say for yourself on this one? See sexy inquisitor example previously stated. So at this point, it just sounds like you're phoning this in now. You just had to make a list of 10, and now you've run out of ideas already. All right, let's continue on to nine. Uh, nine is custom Warhammer-themed Valentine's Day cards. Create personalized Warhammer-themed Valentine's Day cards for each other. Use Warhammer imagery and references to express your love and appreciation. I mean, okay, this is functional. This actually is something that your non-Warhammer spouse probably wouldn't hate. Am I right? Um, it's still a little odd, but uh, I, I kind of like it, actually. Functional and romantic. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's go on to number 10, the final one on this list of sexy Warhammer games to play. Warhammer board games. Play Warhammer-themed board games together, such as Warhammer 40,000 Relic and Warhammer Quest Blackstone Fortress. These games offer, offer competitive and cooperative gameplay options. Uh, I mean, okay, I guess. that's You're going to have to have a spouse that's actually into that sort of thing. But yeah, I guess that works out. But Foxy, what can we actually do to spice up these board games rather than just play the games? Include nudity. There you go. You got the idea. Now, at the end of this document, you wrote at the bottom that you have a special message to my listeners and you want to say it yourself. So go ahead. Remember that the key to making these activities enjoyable is to ensure both you and your partner are comfortable with the theme and level of engagement. It's all about having fun together even if they may not seem traditionally romantic at first glance. You know, that's actually pretty insightful. Good job, Foxy. That was your first assignment, and I think you did pretty well. A couple of them were retreads. A couple of them were kind of phoned in, but that's even to your own admission. So I think you did a pretty good job. Um, I don't think my recording is warbling anymore. I don't know what was going on earlier, but it kept doing it. So um, hopefully we figured that part out. Um, I would like to thank all of my listeners for five years of listening to the podcast. I would also li like to thank GameMat.eu for supporting the show, as well as Panhandle3D.etsy.com. And of course, my beautiful, sexy, good-smelling Patreon patrons. I will see you all next week, and so will Foxy. Goodbye, everyone.